today is May 29th. Uh, welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, nanago meko cheese chase tokomaki. Hi, my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S. Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are on Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda of the Wesley, Chenakee, and Bearspaw Nations, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nations, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honour the Blackfoot. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Malkistis, as Michelle Elliott, another English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene. But my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellowknife's Dene. My father is so Canadian that I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act imposed status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage and that I was born in Calgary, but my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people, in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene Nation is a visitor to this area of Klinchotine Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning Many Horse Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner. <clears throat> my humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I can share what I know as I walk my red road. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything we talk about today and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll-free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For non-Indigenous, there are distress center lines in your area too. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. I want to say thank you to the previous donors for already showing your support to our show. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give but listen in, love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send me your questions, your comments. Um, I also have a YouTube channel and would love to have you subscribe. We also applied and just recently got the approval on Spotify, but we are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I want to give a shout out to my super loyal donors, Adam, Alexandria, Beatrice, Brian, Kat, Celine, Christina, Crystal, Diana, Jocelyn, Judy, Karen, Kathy, Kenna, Leah, Marisa, Natalie, Nathan, Rebecca, The Sprawl, Tiffany, Vanessa, and Veronica. So today I'm really lucky to have a, a guest with me. So Josh, I would love for you to uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Um, I am, or hello everyone, I am a 17-year-old student here in Chestermere, just um, east of Calgary. Um, I have been 
I've, I came out as gay three years ago. Um, it's been a crazy adventure. I've been trying my hardest to um, get in the community, show my support, do everything I can to be a part of the community. And lately that has evolved into starting a GSA. Um, I started GSA Elta about a week ago. It's been a crazy adventure, but fun adventure. Um, yeah, it's... Can I ask you real quick, because our international uh, listeners would want to know what is Elta, but I think you and I know what that means. <laughs> uh, GSA Elta, so it stands for Gay Straight Alliance Alberta. Yeah, so for those who don't know, the acronym for Alberta prior to the first uh, two digits was Elta. So a lot of us older Calgarians and or Albertans still use Elta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you formed that. Thank you. So I think we've actually met before at uh, one of the Chestermere yes. Prides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I, it didn't click to me until yesterday when we were on the phone. So. Yeah, that's great. So I, I wanted to talk to you a bit about, um, well, I wanted you to talk about all of the things that you're working on and that, um, you know, a podcast that you're working on as well. But I, I also wanted to talk to you about the incredible conversation that we had on conversion band therapy. And I was uh, hoping to talk a bit about two spirit because um, for a lot of folks, my, my own daughter just told me in the car, um, she identifies as pansexual because two spirit is too difficult to talk to non-indigenous. And that broke my heart. It broke Mm -hmm. my heart because we work so hard to create a safer space for her. And um, at the end of the day, enough people don't know what two spirit is. So I felt like uh, that would be something I would talk about with you here today and, uh, and go from there. So, but first of all, the whole reason why we started talking about um, or talking yesterday was about podcasting. Did you want to talk mm-hmm. at all about that with me? Um, about what I am doing? Yeah. Um, so every second Friday, I will be hosting Fab Fridays. They are um, live streams on our Facebook page um, with guest speakers ranging from drag queens, uh, chefs, parents, um, anyone. I want anyone and everyone on the show. Um, and we'll, we'll speak about different things. Our first one is actually on the 5th of June. Um, and we're going to be talking about the history of the LGBTQ2S plus community in Alberta and North America. Um, we have, I have amazing speakers lined up for the rest of June and yeah. That's great. Cause one June is pride month and yes. two, you know, that's next week. That's next Friday. So I got you your last yep. Friday, your last free Friday. So I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> yep. Now what's your podcast going to be called? Um, it's fab Fridays. Okay. So that way we can, I'm going to write that down so that I properly uh, put that, but I also want to promote it so that hopefully tomorrow or next Friday, a lot, a lot of more um, folks will be aware of it and um, yeah, mark it in their calendars. Thank you. Yeah. What time is it going to start? Um, we are starting at six on Friday and it will go until James is done talking. Oh, wow. That's great though. So at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and I'll just say that for folks that are listening outside of uh, Alberta. So, uh, yeah, that's great, Josh. Congratulations and that's, on that. Thank you. And that's on our Facebook page at GSA Elta. 
GSA Alta. All right. Well, I can't wait to start promoting that because, uh, you know, uh, so we live in the most eastern community before Chestermere. And I literally was just picking up my daughter from Chestermere from a sleepover because she went to Prince of Peace. So a lot of her original mm -hmm. friends were still from Prince of Peace. And um, some of them have kind of scattered into different areas. And, uh, you know, there was a whole issue of me trying to save the stupid school. It's another story for another day. But uh, at the end of the day, my daughter made a lot of uh, good friends. And um, so we have a lot of ties to Chestermere. And uh, yeah. actually from the city, Joanne has done a lot of great work in diversity. So I try to promote a lot of the events that she's working on. Because mm -hmm. uh, one, she's a cool cat. But two, I think it's really important that um, diversity training is constant, ongoing. And um, every time I talk to somebody from a diverse community, I usually learn something. And I think that that's critical. Like, mm -hmm. apparently on the way over here, finding out my daughter doesn't even like to identify as two-spirit. So um, for folks who don't know what I'm talking about, prior to colonialism, we had, um, you know, different roles for everybody in the community. And being gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender um, has always been, like, since the dawn of humanity, we've always had that. So uh, prior to the forced colonial Christian binary of man and woman, we had um, each nation. So we, we have hundreds of nations across Turtle Island and uh, each nation, thousands, I should say, each nation had their own, you know, roles and words to describe uh, different uh, genders of people and their role like varied. So like, for example, um, I talked to one Cree fellow and he was saying that one of the jobs of the two spirit when a woman was giving birth they'd have two teepees and the one that the women were giving birth in and another one where the two spirit would be in there and mimic um screaming in hopes to attract any negative um energy into that teepee and keep the baby and the birthing mom safe so um all of our teachings depending on what nation you're from vary as do the words for to describe um all of these things and what had happened was that there was a group of gay, lesbian, indigenous folks that all gathered. And they said, um, basically, because the non-indigenous community doesn't understand us, we should have an, a new pan-indigenous term to describe ourselves. And that's how Two-Spirit was invented. So um, we've had to invent a lot of words in our own languages to just, uh, with colonialism, but we also have had to invent um, you know, English terms for colonialism. So Turtle Island is North America. And, um, you know, every nation has a way that they would describe the land and would have different uh, terms for that. So it's a, it's a cultural shift, I think, for Canada, especially considering that they now seem to care about Indigenous people enough to, you know, talk about reconciliation, although that really is the wrong term because that probably conciliation is a better term to use. Um, and then with the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women report that came out, there, there are very specific calls to justice for the, um, you know, those who identify as two-spirit, gay, lesbian. And, um, and, and the other problem that happened, and we have it in my own family, uh, my family survived in Fort Providence, uh, Sacred Heart Indian Residential School, and as a result, they taught homophobia and transphobia. And that's, you know, 
rampant throughout all of the nations now. And um, so a lot of our LGBTQ2 plus youth are actually not that safe. Um, they can't really come out and um, they may not be able to come out to family. They may not be able to come out to their reserve. But then when they come into the white community, they're not accepted because they're not white. So um, mm -hmm. there's been a lot of erasure of Indigenous people from this conversation. And as a result, um, you know, and homophobia and transphobia through the uh, Christian teachings that were forced upon these lands. So we're trying to, um, you know, have these conversations. And that's why I thought it was so critical that you come and, and talk about this, because uh, I'm finding that you know, I'm willing to talk about reconciliation and race relations between settler and indigenous people. But then as a straight cis mom, of, I've, I've called my daughter questioning, pansexual, two-spirit, and someday she's not comfortable with the term two-spirit because there's a lot of folks in the community that say you need um, your teachings. So uh, my one of my nieces is transgender and um, I asked my my community well what are what was the term for somebody and uh, it actually turned out we didn't even have terms for she and him we had um they we always used they and them and that helped give me a new per perspective on talking oh using they and them because that was such a foreign concept to me as a you know straight cis person i had no concept how to use those types of pronouns um, another story I should quickly share with you is that uh, my babysitter was originally a, a girl named Samantha, who then transitioned into a Ryan. So um, we were really lucky to go through that with my daughter, but also the mother. I got to, you know, learn how to um, use terminology, pronouns, and um, and learn not to use the dead name, things like that. So it's... Hmm. Um, like it's been a, a learning journey for me too, but that's helped me advocate for the folks in my community that need that. And especially when we talk about missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, you know, there's always that missing part of two-spirit and transgender. And they are, you know, the most marginalized people because they're not necessarily safe anywhere. And as you know, police brutality is awful to anyone in the LGBTQ2 plus community, let alone um, Indigenous. So there's that intersectionality. It's like literally a health issue. And um, so, and I also want to tell you, I'm in the middle of reading Gay Calgary um, from Kevin Allen with my daughter. So we just do a chapter a night. <laughs> mm. And because the chapters are so, uh, so short that like, it's just like, almost like a page at night. So it's going to be a while, but you know, it's worth it. And then hopefully that keeps her kind of focused on our history. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of that book. I should check that out. Yeah, I have a copy. So um, I guess I can't lend you mine right now because I'm in the middle of it. But, uh, you know, if you head down to Ferris Fair, or actually I should do a plug for uh, Gay Calgary History uh, by Kevin Allen because it's one, a great book. And I, th I think every Calgarian should be forced to have it. Um, and I consider... Uh, Chestermere is a satellite city, you know, a Calgarian. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about that? How do you how do you feel about uh, a Calgarian calling Chestermere a Calgarian? Well, we are our own city, so um, well, 
I, we're we're a subdivision, I would say. We're we're getting close. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm biking distance with Calgary, so we we could say we're Calgarians pretty much. <laughs> That's funny. So did you? Uh, were you born and raised in in Chestermere, or or did you move yep. there? Oh. I've spent all seventeen years of my life in Chestermere. You want to tell me a bit about the foundation of uh, Chestermere Pride? So. Um, Chester Pride, I joined uh, last year, about halfway through the planning process, they called me and they're like, we need your help. Can you come help us? And I said, definitely, this is what I want to do. I Chestermere needs this, like we need this celebration. So I joined, we did the planning, all the like funding, everything, got it all set up. Um, and then we had the paintings. So we did the sidewalk painting. We, uh, painted the trans sidewalk, transgender sidewalk, and then the gay pride side or gay pride flag sidewalk. Um, And then we also had pride in the park, which was a blast. We had um, local, a local singer. We had drag shows. Um, We had a whole bunch of resources, um, a photo booth, and then we had a free barbecue as well for everyone. So it was a blast. Yeah, it was great. I was totally there. And uh, yep. I remember seeing all the booths, seeing all my friends. Um, Ashley Chantel was one of the opening, you know, as a two-spirit person, I think it's really important she does the um, opening. So that was really great that, you know, you, Joanne, and the whole group had her there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the barbecue was great. I was really, yep. I loved it. So thank you. It was great to well, be a you. part of that. Yeah. So um, this year... I guess, uh, I don't know if you know much if there's going to be a celebration at all. So from what I've seen online, um, well, I broke away from the group. Um, From what I've seen online, they have canceled their Pride in the Park and they've canceled all of their celebrations due to COVID. Um, I don't know if they're doing anything online. I was trying to get a meeting set up with them, but it would would still be great if they could do something online. Yeah. Uh, I work a lot with Calgary Pride because, um, well, you know, they got their grant too. And we knew before they announced it that uh, they were going to put everything online. So we were really excited about that and um, trying to get some speakers to tell their truth about, you know, what it's like being too spirit in Calgary. Uh, but it's going to take time to set that up um, in for Indigenous folks because we've been studied and misused um, one of the concerns that we always have is who has ownership, who has control, um, mm-hmm. who has possession of, you know, these, of these stories. So that's really where we're at right now is just trying to get that contract set up and then getting the right filmmaker. But it's been like, it's so challenging with COVID because uh, yeah. like even me, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be homeschooling my daughter next year or not. Um, I don't know how comfortable I feel sending her considering um, you know, we don't really know what a second wave is going to look like yet. And, um, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, we have so many like conservative politicians, like Trump is in the South of the border and, um, I'm not very happy with what I've seen here in Alberta. So, you know, it's really hard to know what, what to expect and, um, we'll go from there. So, and then anyway, another big development that happened this week was, um riots in in the u.s based off Mm -hmm. the killing of that uh, black man and um you know it's really personal to us as in the indigenous community because the same cop that killed him 
uh, was also involved in killing an Indigenous man. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no accountability for that. So between that um, and then the week before with the con conversion band therapy, it's actually been really hard on our community. But thank mm -hmm. God that bylaw passed. So what are your thoughts on that bylaw? I think it's great. I actually sat through both days of speaking. Everyone, I listened to everyone speak. My parents were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm listening. I want to listen to what these people have to say. I want to listen. I know it hurts me to listen to all these people say that it's a good thing, but I want to hear what they, what they have to say. Um, so I listened to all of that. I was, I, I waited every step. Um, and yeah, I definitely think it's a good thing. I think it needs to be done provincial and federal. Mm -hmm. Like this is the net, this is a good step forward, but they need to step up. I like Trudeau and um, Jason they need to step up and do something about it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, as far as I understand, Jason Kenny's brother is actually one of the folks who runs those conversion therapy um, groups. So as, as far as I know, um, Jason Kenny would probably be the last person on earth to uh, have that yeah, discussion. So, <laughs> yeah, so I actually, I thought I read somewhere that, um, and don't fact check me on this, but um I thought I saw somewhere that there was a group before Jason came into office that was actually starting to do the process of doing a ban in Alberta. There was um, under the and NDP. Then Jason, and then Jason came in, shut it down. Um, but there is still a group doing it, but they're doing it much slower because of Jason. Yeah. So the it's, NDP it's, had it going, but um, I don't know if you know, Iran is a liberal and they had every opportunity to implement it, but they chose not to. They actually chose to make it, um, you know, uh, an election issue, which was stupid because now they've mm -hmm. totally failed the community. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you know, but my leader, he's like openly gay and he's brown. So, you know, he was somebody I could definitely stand behind when it came to this issue. So, um, yeah. And, and I'm really disappointed. And then, Conversely, I'm also a liberal federally, and we promised to do that last election that we didn't do. So, yeah. you know, it's a it's a real uh, black eye, I think, on Justin Trudeau to um, not have done this sooner. But my understanding is that a lot of folks nationally were waiting to see what would happen in Calgary, because uh, Calgary is kind of considered the stronghold for the Christian right. So the fact that it got passed, and it would have been unanimous if it wasn't for one counselor. So, you know, <laughs> and Jeremy Sparkus was shockingly, you know, uh, loud and, and out about um, not just his sexuality, but his stance that he would support the bylaw. And he, out of all people, would have been one of those people I was not sure if he would, even though he identifies as bisexual, I, what, <laughs> I didn't have faith in him on that mm. issue at all. So I was really happily surprised that he came out so strong on this issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about what uh, Kenny is doing, it brought up a point in my head um, with GSAs and the schools. That's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I know next year student, well, if there is school next year, students won't be going to school GSAs because of what teachers can now do. Um, I know I have, my stepmom's a teacher and I'm very close with the teachers at my school and they all said they wouldn't do anything. They are not gonna do anything. 
but there's the few teachers that will, and that's what's going to scare everyone away. So that's, yeah. that's one of the big reasons why I want to do what I'm doing. So I'm not controlled by him. I don't have to do what he says. So. I'm really happy that you're doing this because like for me as a parent, um, the center for sexuality here in Calgary was talking about doing online GSAs. And I think they had at least one, and I don't know if I got out of mm-hmm. the loop on that, but at, at the end of the day, I think uh, it's really important to have some type of GSA for kids, even if it's through a Zoom meeting or whichever, mm-hmm. so that um, everyone has a soft place to talk, and um, especially after the stupid conversion therapy conversation. So basically for two days, for those who missed it, we heard um, you know the Christian right talk about their rights as uh, people and how their rights matter so much, which is hysterical to me as an indigenous woman who's lost her language, culture, land. And, uh, you know, they, (laughs) they don't even recognize me as, as one of the people that um, that voice matters when talking about the calls to justice. So we have a very complicated uh, relationship and it's so hard when officially the city of Calgary is talking about reconciliation, but it was so painfully obvious from that conversation, you know, they engaged with everybody except me when it came to that conversation, because it was so not part of their script um, of what they're used to the Christian right talking about. So um, yeah, so that was, uh, it was painful actually. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking about what my family had to endure in residential school hearing how inferior they were and how they were going to hell and how they were, you know, the devil's creature and, you know, knowing so many folks who have survived uh, conversion therapy, hearing the things that they've said to them, it's awful. And that, you know, Mm -hmm. I follow Katie Lang and a lot of her followers couldn't believe that that was still even a thing here in Canada. Yeah. 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 So is there anything else that you'd like to share with us, Josh? Not that I can think of. Do you have any other questions? I can answer anything. Yeah? Well, I guess. So we've figured out that you're going to call your GSA, what? GSA Alta and have regular, sorry? Yep. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And then have the Fab Fridays at 6 p.m. And you're going to do this until... And is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about some of the thing, projects that you're working on with podcasts and such? So, um, yeah, so I do the Fab Fridays. We're going to do them every second week um, with different guest speakers. Um, they'll all be streamed on our Facebook page. Um, and also in our Facebook page, there's a group through our Facebook page, which is open to anyone. Anyone can post, anyone can do anything they want. Well, within reason um, on the pay, on the group, that's the place where I want everyone to have a space to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after COVID, hopefully if I can get the spaces, I want to do in-person GSAs in Chestermere. And then I want to do one in Calgary as well. So that'd be awesome. Well, thank you and- for doing that work. And I, I don't want to I don't want to stop the online ones. I want to go online like even after COVID, um, just so there's a space and and there's enough speakers in the world to have someone every second Friday. I can I I'm going everywhere. I want I have people from the U.S. reaching out to me, so it's amazing. Yeah, no kidding. Um, there was a playwright and activist who just recently passed away. Uh, did you hear anything about that? 
Uh, I think I just heard his name. I was, yeah, I didn't yeah. really see anything about it. He's one of the, um, well, people give him the rights as the person who really forced governments to give AIDS, um, I guess, victims. I, I don't like using that term. Um, people who have AIDS and HIV, the proper mm -hmm. medical uh, supplies that they need. And he was really the person who did that. So that was somebody that I thought was really, you know, important to kind of yeah. ask you if you knew about that. Yeah, I think I just saw it uh, yesterday or day before. So yeah, there you go. And what about Stonewall? What are your thoughts about Stonewall? I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was kind of a trick question. Uh, so Stonewall was kind of another place where um, gay rights was really started. And there was a lot of uh, trans um, black women who started the rights for, you know, the the major parades really that we see today because uh, the police were targeting um, the community in New York at a place called Stonewall Inn and that day they just had enough and started rioting and the next day they basically had a riot um, protest as well to say you got to quit doing this and that's really how pride was started all prides mm -hmm. and uh, it's, I think it's really important for our youth to kind of understand the gravity of that and then the exclusion of you know, trans and black women, considering they were really the founders. They were the ones who punched back to the police, which mm -hmm. is very interesting considering the time we're in right now with Minnesota basically rioting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, so the history of the community, that's that I'll be learning a lot about it on Friday and I hope more people can learn about it that don't know what the history is. So well, I love hearing James speak and I love hearing mm -hmm. uh, about that history. And, and if it can convince my girl to be a part of it, then I will, because I think uh, this is more for her to understand too, that she understands her history. But I was one of the co-founders of Voices and it was very clear to me that even the uh, community was unaware of where pride really came from and where Stonewall mm -hmm. really, really meant for the community. And it, it was really a critical time to you know, do that education because of the racism that uh, people of color, uh, brown people, indigenous are facing locally of uh, the exclusion. And, um, you know, we want to make sure everybody's included. And I'm a little biased because I have an indigenous daughter. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you yeah. want to tell us at all about your journey? Have you found that having, um, you know, coming out was easy for you? Do you think that it was a hard conversation? Um, so I came out, it was, when was that? I think it was my 14th, just after my 14th birthday. Um, and I came out on Facebook. I just put a post out and I said, here it is. Here's my true colors. I am gay. And it was, that was the best feeling was just getting that off, just Everyone found out at the same time. My parents were like, oh, we knew. There's no surprise. I have very accepting parents. I have very accepting family. I have gay uncles, gay aunts. So That's great. I'm really happy to hear that. Um, when I was about your age, actually, I would have been a bit younger, was Katie Lang came out. And I didn't even know what a vegetarian was, let alone what a <laughs> lesbian was. So <laughs> there's been a huge um, shift. And uh, the conversation that I'm reading in the gay history of Calgary right now is actually about that time in the 70s 
where a lot of gays that were happily in the closet um, didn't want to be seen as flamboyant. And there was a real push from the campuses to be like, no, you need to have that inner pride and you need to be open and honest about who you are. And that was a really hard time for a lot of people. And I just recently had a conversation with someone who was like really, you know, afraid to come out, but they would go to, at that time they had basically secret parties. So I would host a so-called party and it really, really was just a safe space for gay people to hang out. And there would be, you know, judges and lawyers and police that were there that you could say, look, you know, we are really important people and look at the people that are here at this party. Like we, we are really influential. And that's what it took Mm -hmm. for that pride to really come out and that person to be like, it's okay to be gay. So it's been a big transition even in my life and I'm only in my forties. So I can't imagine, I'm happy to hear in your lifespan that you get to just be you. You don't have to worry about that. So Mm -hmm. it makes me happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. So you have an auntie in the East part of Calgary for you. Anytime if you need another auntie. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Josh, for being on my show. I really appreciate it. Um, yes, are thank you, you. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Not that I can think of. Awesome. Well, I am going to continue on my script. And if at any point in time you want to chime in, please do. So basically what I do now is what's what I call cultural uh, solutions for folks. And I name, you know, a lot of the um, resources for people so that they have an idea of where to look for different things. And through this conversation, obviously we're plugging um, Fab Fridays, we're plugging GSA Alta, and I've plugged Gay History. And of course, we want to encourage people to come um, for your first one on Friday, next Friday. So, uh, you know, it, I think it's one thing to talk about the issues of the day, but if you don't give solutions, then uh, people mm-hmm. won't know. So I'm just going to um, finish out by giving out some cultural safety. Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and in public hearings, so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus, if they're cutting violence prevention programs and services, indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform and violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two Spirit. Denying those reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism at the educational, justice, and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same things. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they do not understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have no business running. This should be understood by all parties and all local politicians, community organizations, sports, etc. A really great article I said out loud in episode 62 is Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Become Allies. And this week, especially with the shootings, um, well, I guess the 
riots that are happening in Minnesota, I've shared multiple, multiple resources for white allies on how to be an actual ally that does something. I want to put together um, some cultural safety in action so that you can create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, Asians, those with a disability, LGBTQ2+, to speak. Look at it as first aid for marginalization. Do something. Having good intentions is not enough. Take action to make change. Speak out against racism. Ask questions with those with more of understanding. Find allies and create a support system for yourself so that you can help advocate for culturally safe approaches. Take responsibility for your own learning. Read, reflect, ask questions. Do not expect this learning to always come from marginalized people. So like we've told you lots of resources for LGBTQ2 today. And I, I've always given lots of resources for anti-racism. Take the time for self-reflection. Beware of your assumptions and biases. Question everything you've learned about Indigenous people and take steps to actively disrupt the stereotypes. Commit to lifelong learning. Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Understanding colonialism and the legacy of racism is an ongoing and difficult task. And I'd like to thank heretohelp.bc.ca, Indigenous people, what is cultural safety and why I should care about it for that resource. Internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized people experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands, such as the Indian Act, Indian residential schools, and other land clearing policies. If you go to racialequitytools.org, uh, Donna Bevins has a great PDF on what is internalized racism. And so if you are one of those people in community that is constantly being hurt by somebody else from your community, this is what you need to read so that you don't internalize that. Do's and don'ts for bystander interventions by American Friends Service Committee. They have a ton of stuff of what to do. If you witness public instances of anti-trans, anti-racist, or of anti-black, anti-Muslim, anti-Asian, instances of racism or other uh, forms of oppressive interpersonal violence and harassment, use these tips on intervening while considering the safety of everybody. Uh, make your presence known. I record everything, and that usually um, de-escalates a lot of the situations. Um, make eye contact with the person being harassed, Ask them if they want support. Move yourself nearer to the person being harassed, if possible. And if you're uh, safe to do so, create a, a distance or a barrier between you and the person being harassed. Um, if it's safe to do so and the person consents, film or record the incident. It's a hell of a lot easier to delete it later than it is to watch somebody die in front of you because a cop put their uh, knee on their neck. And it, you know, like this is literally why we're having these conversations. Um, I made a, a post about this that when the LA riots happened, you know, we didn't have the technology that the kids today have where you can record everything on your phone and you can upload it. We didn't have in <laughs> internet infrastructure. There was no Twitter to upload it to so everybody could see it. So you don't understand how just recording things can de-escalate things. Take cues from individuals being harassed is the person engaging with the harasser or not? I.e., are they telling them to, you know, F right off? Um, and don't tone police them if they are. <laughs> Make sure if you, if you feel comfortable making suggestions that you ask them things like, you know, can, do you want me to come 
walk over here? Do you want to move to another train car? Do you want them to leave you alone? I always encourage folks to give your card to them. It validates their experience. And then later, if they decide they want to press charges, they know they at least have one witness to help back them on that. Um, you know, start documenting. Make a note of the time and place, the description of the harasser, because these are the things the cops are going to want to know. Um, notice if the person being harassed is resisting in their own way and honor that. Do not tone police. I cannot say that enough. Follow up with the individual. So that's why you give them their card. Usually at the time when these moments happen, I can speak for myself and tell you most people just want to, you know, brush it off and be like, ah, that didn't really happen. But as I was reminded by the Calgary police, it is really important for us to consider reporting. And I encourage people to try to do that. But first and foremost, you have to keep yourself safe. Assess your surroundings and see if you can pull others in to support it. So like if it was me and my husband or me and my friend, we should probably stay and work as a team. And yeah, don't call the police. For many communities experiencing harassment right now from Arab, Muslim, Black, queer, trans, indigenous, and immigrants, the police can actually cause a greater danger for the person being harassed. Don't escalate the situation. The goal is to get the person being harassed to safety, not incite further violence from the attacker. Don't do nothing. Silence is dangerous. It communicates approval and leaves victims high and dry. If you find yourself too nervous or afraid to speak out, move closer to the person being harassed and communicate your support with your body. Teach your kids accountability. And, you know, I just shared some information about age-appropriate times to be talking about ki kids with about racism and race relations because these kids are learning it from somewhere. People have learned it from somewhere. So you as a parent have a role to be proactive in teaching your kids about race relations. And um, right now it's just so apparent while we're talking and people are rioting. If you're experiencing emotional distress and want to talk, Call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll-free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you are non-Indigenous, call the distress centers in your area. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions. As many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, sure want to tell us theirs by people who know nothing about Indigenous people, colonialism, uh, the constant surveillance of our people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights, typical microaggressions, people dealing with internalized racism, those who are gatekeepers, those that survive off the status quo, or those who are so in their trauma, they stop people from doing the good work and deplete personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. And that's why I started this podcast as a boundary to be heard. I want to say thank you to my ancestors, my granny and my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian roots and stepping up and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It is through her that I am a second generation proud Calgarian. Thank you to my husband, Darcy, for producing and editing this show. On top of being my husband, childhood friend, father of our child, and support down my journey of the Red Road, he has witnessed decades of racism and sexism. And to our child, who we are blessed to learn from daily, we are really honored you chose us. 
you give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. And I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of trying to discuss these present day issues in a way that they can understand. Again, my Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, Adam, Alexandra, Beatrice, Brian, Kat, Celine, Christina, Crystal, Diana, Jocelyn, Judy, Karen, Kathy, Kenna, Leah, Marisa, Natalie, Nathan, Rebecca, and the Sprawl, um, Tiffany, Vanessa, and Veronica. Thank you all for signing up. If you did one donation or many and had to quit for financial reasons, please know I appreciate your support. Uh, if you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or questions. I also have a YouTube channel and would love to have you subscribe. And for podcasts, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I want to end by giving those side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. Thank you for listening.